here we are. Dan on top. Dan Lukowitz here. We're just hanging out in the studio. We had an incredible guest. We've got another incredible guest. And then another incredible guest. That's what happens here at NRM Streamcast. Anyway, before we do that, I'm going to open up my fortune cookie because I feel like it. And I'm going to see what my fortune is. We're expecting a guest. His name is Michael Flight. He works for a few different places, but one of them is actually called Liberty Fund. Liberty Fund is a very interesting fund. What they're doing is they are tokenizing net lease real estate. Okay, It's complicated, but I'll explain it to you right now. So if you look at typical cryptocurrencies, okay, they're basically just something, this ethereal thing, okay, and there's really nothing backing them. But what Michael's doing at Liberty is he's taking net lease assets, so commercial property like the stuff that I sell, and he's tokenizing those. So he's creating a new currency, a new token that is actually backed by commercial real estate. Pretty cool. So Michael will be joining us shortly. In the meantime, I'm going to take a look at my lucky numbers, and I'm also going to read my fortune. You will take a pleasant journey to a place far away. Sounds good. Anyway, Michael Flight is joining us. I see him back there putting up his green screen or taking it down. Not sure. There he is. Mike, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. Doing fantastic. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. I appreciate you being here on the show. It's really, really great to have you. I've enjoyed connecting with you over the last few weeks. Obviously, I, I know some of uh, the individuals that you work with, some of your colleagues, and I'm just ultra fascinated by Liberty and by this tokenization of net lease. Uh, for a couple minutes here, I just briefly explained to the audience what is going on, but I want to hear it from you, from the man himself. Tell us a little bit about Liberty and what exactly it is that you guys are doing. Well, uh, I personally have been in uh, net lease real estate shopping centers and uh, individual single tenant net leases uh, since probably about 1986 or so. Whoa. Uh, and, th and then uh, we've uh, been in business, Concordia Realty has been in business since 1990. And uh, we've done everything from demalling, uh, new ground up construction, renovation, and, and all the rest of that. And uh, what's really cool is a few years ago, I started seeing that there was a real change in shopping centers, that the, the quality of tenants and the quality of the tenant mix wasn't there. And um, they, you know, it's changed because of the uh, internet and other things. So we started taking a look at that. And we also started taking a look at, um, yeah, I had a lot of friends that were doing cryptocurrency and all the rest of it. And I always just say, Look, I don't understand this. It's just basically software. So, so how does it become a currency? Um, I only really understand hard assets. I mean, why don't you just take it and back it to gold? Or better yet, I know real estate. Why don't you take it and back it to real estate? So yeah. that's you know kind of how we fell into this. And um, you know, I, I think it's really going to be the future um, yeah. because you know tokenizing you know, assets and, and putting them on the blockchain is just going to open up access to high quality uh, real estate investments, high quality, um, even gold funds, high quality artwork. High, I, there's even a, a tokenization. Uh, we had them on our Chicago real estate blockchain uh, collective meetup. He's doing a, a bourbon fund. So it's bourbon on the blockchain <laughs> uh, for Kentucky whiskey. Nice. Uh, and there's some, some other guys doing classic cars and they're they're just you can own uh, a fund that owns a collection of classic cars, you know, like 1964 Ferraris and, you know, all, all that stuff. 
Wow, that's awesome. So, you know, what's interesting to me is you mentioned blockchain, and that's something I'm very fascinated with. You know, I have a background as a residential real estate investor, and I ran a sales department at a title insurance agency. So as an investor and as somebody working in title, there are often issues that come up with properties, right? There might be a lien on the property. There might be something that's unpaid. There might be a city assessment. There might be, you know, some type of a, of a, of a tax, uh, you know, a, a judgment of foreclosure or some type of default. And it's very important to, have to check all that with the title company and to make sure that you know what's going on. Now, if we are to take blo- the blockchain and put it into practice and into play in commercial real estate or residential real estate, a lot of those issues may be alleviated because everything will be logged in the blockchain, so to speak. And now I'm 37 years old. You know, I was born just a couple years before you got into the industry. So I'm a young whippersnapper. I was going to say, you, you really look 27 and you keep telling me about all these things that you've done. I'm like, how did this guy do all this stuff at 27? <laughs> exactly. So I appreciate that. So my point is, is that, you know, I, I'm a young guy. I'm a whippersnapper. Blockchain, that's just, that's in our jargon. But like, how did an old guy like you get involved in blockchain? <laughs> I hang, around with a, I hang around with a, a, a lot of uh, young people, and uh, also I hang around with some people that uh, are, are very forward-thinking and see things. And then uh, there's also the, uh, the, the people that are kind of on the, let's say, free market, um, more libertarian, less government type of thing, or, or suspicious of government. And so when you get that all put together, and then the, the thing that really pushed it is um, I got involved a few years ago with a, uh, a country that's in uh, Europe that's a, a startup country called Liberland. And uh, so really? with Liberland, they're doing the entire country on the blockchain. That is fascinating. That is really, really fascinating. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of stuff that's changing in, in the real estate world. And, uh, you know, especially here in commercial real estate, it's a fascinating time to be a broker. I know it's fascinating to hear from guys like you. you know, I've spoken with some of your colleagues and some of the people that are working at Liberty. And I think that you guys have an exciting first quarter ahead of you. Um, you know, I think that, that uh, you know, it's, it's important for all of us to keep in mind that this is, is a whole new world and a new frontier. You know, I've got some real serious questions for you about this. Um, okay. You know, if we're looking, I want to get I want to get into it real, 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 real deep because this is fascinating to me. So, in your fund, let's say that you know I'm a broker. I deal a lot with pharmacies. Let's say that that I, as a broker, find you a bunch of pharmacies that are great assets. Maybe they're you know they're trading at an eight or a nine cap or something like that. Your fund picks them up. Now you've got this token, right? That's backed by all this real estate. So, explain to me the process of you know, the initial coin offering, the ICO, and, and about you know, the value of the currency and what it looks like from an investor's perspective after the fund already has assets inside of it. Okay, so let's back up. It is not an ICO, it's a security token offering or an STO. So okay. it's a regulated security. Um, we're complying with you know the SEC, so it's offered to accredited investors and all the rest of it. But we're um, deciding right now on you know what the token value is going to be, but we're estimating it's going to be ten thousand dollars, and the minimum investment is going to be around fifty thousand okay. dollars. So you, if you make a fifty thousand or a hundred thousand dollar investment, you get let's say ten tokens, and so that token, each one of those would be a pro rata share of the uh, distributions. So if you took, I we're the other thing is we're not. Putting it all into to pharmacies, we're um, yeah, you yeah. know 
diversifying. But so, but I, I like your example. So if you took all the properties, it, let's say we had a uh, hundred properties in there, and all the cash flow from those properties would be consolidated up, and then that would be um, you know distributed monthly on a monthly basis after expenses to the investors. Okay, very cool. So I, I mean, so it's it's, it's almost like. It's almost like a venture fund. It's almost like you know somebody is is investing and then they're getting some type of a return. That's that's a you know maybe a preferred return. Um, am I right? Well, they, that they right? do get a preferred return and then they get the the cash on cash return. And you know over the years there there's an internal rate of return too. But um, it, it's much more stable than a. It, it, we look at it almost like a bond fund because you've got Walgreens, you've got yeah. CVS, you've got Dollar General, you've got Dollar Tree. Um, you know, uh, large companies like Exxon and Seven sure. Eleven, and you know, a lot of these are, are billion dollar companies. Most of them are. And um, you know, the other thing is, we set up the fund way before COVID to be internet resistant and it's also COVID resistant. So we're, you know, working with auto service companies. We're working with, you know, now it's the new term, uh, essential business, yeah. uh, supermarkets, you know, tractor supply, those type of guys, uh, that, you know, people need on, you know, a weekly basis, if not, you know, a daily basis. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I think that the world has definitely shifted as a, a net lease broker. I can attest to the fact that, you know, people used to like assets that were in this big of a variety. Now it's this essential <laughs> retailer variety. So, you know, on that note, you've been in the industry a long time, you know, almost as long as I've been alive. And I just want to know what tips you have for young people who are breaking into the business. Um. I would say that, uh, you know, number one, uh, read a lot and learn a lot. Uh, yeah. When it, it, And I'm going to go back to the old guy thing. When I started out, we had to read magazines, you know. So my I, I met Steve Forbes a few times, and I told him that my master's degree was Forbes magazine. <laughs> um, you know, make sure that you keep up with the, the latest business news. Um, the other thing is don't completely concentrate in your area. So don't do everything in, um, you know, real estate, do some reading outside of real estate, because, you know, look at marketing. Uh, I would say, you know, some of the best, you know, things that I've ever done is, you know, books on psychology and things like that. Yeah, 100%. So, um, so read widely, listen to podcasts, um, do self-development, and also take time for yourself. Uh, take time, whether it's a spiritual, you know, I, I'm Christian, so, you know, I, I do, you know, morning prayers and, you know, meditation in the morning. But um, really just take time to work on yourself, too, because a lot of people just want to hit the ground running and they do this, 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 and uh, they, they neglect themselves. So, and, you know, kind of, you're never going to lead a balanced life because you're going to be going, you know, 5,000% in one direction. Uh, but, you know, just try and back it up and, and do a little bit of balance. Yeah, I love that. Great advice. Make sure to read. Always keep growing. Take time for yourself. Try to be balanced. I love that. Oh, and That's the, really the, great. Yeah. The other thing is, you know, find some mentors. And this is the, the key thing because I just met a guy like uh, last month and he's a young guy. He's just starting out. And, you know, he had some connections to where my son goes to school. And I, I mentioned to him, I'm like, here, here's my card, you know, give me a call. And it's like the guy never called me. And it's like, OK, I, I, I guess I shouldn't be pissed off. But it's like, you know, I, I, I've tried to explain to a lot of the people that I work with, a lot of people that I've mentored. It's like 
I, I have a huge Rolodex of people that I could introduce you to. So it's like, why wouldn't you at least make the phone call and talk to him? And I can't tell you, um, you know, Adam Carswell, right? I do, yeah. Um, yeah, he's in yeah. the next level mastermind with me. In fact, that's yeah, how so you and I, I met. Yeah. And, and I, um, I yelled at Adam one time because I heard him on a, a podcast and he said, well, you know, Michael Flight, you know, gave me this job. And I'm like, Michael Flight didn't give you the job. I'm like, you met me at a trade show. You followed up with me and sent me an email. Then you followed up with me and said, do you have anything going on? And then you followed up. We said, I can help you with this stuff. Okay, So it go. wasn't that Michael Flight gave him anything. He went out and like actually he proved himself. Yeah, well, he was a stalker too, but you know it, it worked. <laughs> yeah, so. I mean that's what that's uh, that's what we call a salesman. So anyway, <laughs> you're absolutely right, and I, I think like I can't echo that loud enough. Finding a mentor is huge. I know one of the best pieces of advice I ever got, Mike, was when I was a lot younger. I worked in uh, in in nonprofit fundraising for an right. individual who was incredibly successful, and he told me that I should find a mentor and make myself dumb in front of the mentor. And I found him as my mentor, and I made myself dumb. What that just means is is my goal was not to impress him or to show him anything. My goal was right. to soak it up because here's a guy that's 40, 50 years older than me and ultra successful. So just by osmosis and just by studying, I'm going to learn what he's done that's worked for him. might not be exactly the same insofar as how it's going to work for me, but I can tweak it. I can add to it. I can subtract it. I can blend it. I can extend it. I can do whatever I want with it. But at the end of the day, I'm not proving anything. I'm merely a student who's soaking things up. So I think that's great advice, and I definitely really appreciate that. You know, and, we've and got... I add, Go ahead. I want to add one more thing to that. Uh, the, the other thing that I recommend to people is like, even if it's not quite the mentorship thing, um, call the guy up and ask him if you could take him out to coffee. Call the guy up and ask him if you could take him out to lunch and always offer to pay. Oh, and, yeah. then, you know, and then, you know, at least even get that you know type of time because it, it he might not or he or she might not be the mentor for you but they might know somebody it's like oh yeah i just met this guy you should go meet him you know or i met this woman you know you, she's real go-getter you should go you know and and they introduce you to their network yeah 100 percent. anybody who's watching this that's serious about growing their business growing their brand and growing themselves as an individual i highly recommend setting aside every single year a few hundred dollars a few thousand dollars whatever you can afford to do exactly what Michael said, is to take people out to lunch and dinner, breakfast, brunch, whatever, and get to know them. And always pay for them, right? Here's a little secret. You talked about books. There's a book that's incredible. It's called uh, Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. I believe it's by Robert Cialdini. And in there, he talks about the major psychological principles of persuasion. And one of them is the reciprocity principle. And what that means is that if I do something for you, you're going to have this social construct that's built in that's going to kind of influence you to want to do things back for me out of reciprocity. And I think that's just a great reason to take your mentor out for lunch, for breakfast, for dinner, for whatever, and invest in that relationship. It, it's, it's probably the most valuable relationship you're, you'll ever have. So you definitely have to nurture it. So look, we've got about two minutes left. Uh, I really appreciate you joining us, Mike. Usually at the end, I kind of turn, turn it around a little bit, put you on the spot, did you have any questions for me or anything that you wanted to close with? Why did you get into to, you know, commercial real estate and especially net lease if you were in um, residential? How did you decide to make that switch? I decided to make that switch because I got sick of being what I called an adult daycare specialist. You know, when I was flipping houses, I was essentially just babysitting contractors. Um, I'd also was very hands on. I had to invest a lot of my own money. 
Um, I was doing it in Detroit. Detroit's a great city, a lot of opportunity, but some of the, you know, the east side of the jungle, as I call it, uh, can be quite dangerous. And I saw this opportunity. I was recruited by a firm locally, and I saw the opportunity to work on fees, right, to help people, to become an expert, to underwrite, and to be able to do deals without my own money and to be an advisor. And I looked, honestly, I'll just be straight with you, I looked at the commission schedule and structure and the deal size, and I was like, holy goodness, like what, what am I doing wasting my time with something else? And over time, I sold off my rental portfolio, and um, I just became you know, 100% engrossed in net lease. Now, I chose net lease because you know, despite the fact that at the time I couldn't believe why somebody would want a 5% return on a, you know, on a Wendy's or a Burger King or McDonald's, it's the most stable asset class, in my opinion. And all the big dogs, the big real estate investment trusts, the big funds, the big investors, the big family offices, they're all invested in that space. So it was something that I thought was very important. On that note, time to wrap it up. Michael, I appreciate you. Thanks for sharing all that valuable information about blockchain, about liberty, about the tokenization of net lease, and about all that excellent advice that somebody like you who's been in the industry for almost as long as I've been alive has been able to share. So thanks again, Mike. Appreciate you having you on the show. And we will see everybody next time.